Hi, this is Malcolm Keating, and you're listening to Sutras and Stuff. Today we'll listen as two men with the title of Doctor square off, judged by three Sanskrit thinkers. In this corner we have Dr. Anthony S. Fauci, weighing in with a medical degree from Cornell University in New York, a directorship of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and an American Association of Immunologists Lifetime Achievement Award. And in this corner, we have Dr. Philip C. McGraw, weighing in with a doctoral degree in psychology from the University of North Texas, his own talk show, numerous books, weight loss products, and lawsuits, and a voluntarily surrendered, no longer active, license to practice psychology. Today, Fauci and McGraw will go round for round, duking it out for the title of expert. Our match will be judged by a panel of three referees, the Nyaya philosophers Vatsyayana and Ujyotakara, and the physician Charaka. First, Ujyotakara and Charaka set out the rules for judging expertise. Ujyotakara tells Dr. Fauci and Dr. Phil that to count as testimony in today's match, their speech should communicate truths. Charaka then adds that today's match focuses on medical testimony, and so the winner must be a genuine medical expert. And he says that a genuine physician will have practical experience as well as scientific knowledge. They will be insightful, they will be well-known, and also successful in their fields, and be able to make patients happy. Dr. Fauci and Dr. Phil will go three rounds, and our judges will declare the winner. And Dr. Phil comes out swinging. The fact of the matter is, the longer this lockdown goes on, the more vulnerable people get. And it's like there's a tipping point. There's a point at which people start having enough problems in lockdown that it will actually create more destruction and actually more death across time than the actual virus will itself. Okay, let's see what our referees think. It looks like Udyotakara is concerned that real testimony isn't just any assertion, but it has to be a true assertion by someone who has knowledge themselves, directly. Even things which we can't observe, like the future, could be understood directly by inference. So Dr. Phil needs to have good reasons to think that the economic and psychological results of distancing measures will be worse than the toll from the virus. Charaka, he's adding that we can make inferences about the future only based on past experience, like when we infer what kind of plant will grow from a seed, based on having seen that kind of seed sprout time and time again. There looks like they're looking closely at the evidence Dr. Phil has given for his future predictions and... It turns out he has none. Well, he isn't an economist or a virologist, and so he isn't in a good position to have that kind of evidence. This is going to be a serious problem for him, since if he doesn't have evidence for his inference about the future, then he himself can't know it, and he can't pass that knowledge on to us. All right, we're back in the ring now, and Dr. Fauci responds. So what this plan does, it creates a baseline of a starting point, which we call the gating, where you have to have a certain degree of, of indication that the outbreak is decreasing over a period of time. And then you graduate gradually from one phase to another phase to another phase, which will allow those areas that really have had very little involvement to more rapidly and, and, and effectively get back to a more normal approach. Whereas others, which are still struggling, they would have to get past the first I would say, a uh, requirement of being able to get into the phases. All right. Now the referees are turning to Dr. Fauci's statement. They're saying, 
He's making a conditional claim about the future, which is a policy he himself has been involved in writing. That means he's in a good position to have knowledge about it. Idiotakar is saying that, well, he's saying that there are two kinds of testifiers, those who testify about things they've experienced and those that testify about things they haven't experienced. But he thinks that a genuine expert's testimony can be authoritative even about things they haven't experienced if they've made a good inference for themselves. But in this case, he's happy that Fauci is basing his testimony on something he's directly perceived, which is the specific policy about how the United States should respond to the virus. Udyotakara and Vatsyayana are both nodding their heads. They're agreeing that perception is important, since even testimony depends on perception in some way. So it looks like round one has gone to Dr. Fauci. He's made a statement about something he's in a position to know, and so we may also be in a position to know it, according to the rules that Adyotikara, Vatsyayana, and Charika have set out. Dr. Phil, though, is vulnerable to these precise claims, since he's made assertions about the future which he can't directly observe, and he doesn't seem to have good evidence for. Dr. Fauci comes out swinging with what looks like an inference. Let's listen. No, but Laura, th this is different. HIV AIDS is entirely different. We don't have a vaccine for HIV AIDS, but we have spectacularly effective treatment. People who invariably would have died years ago right now are leading essentially normal lives. SARS is a different story. SARS disappeared. We developed a vaccine. We were in the, pr we were in, in the process of going through the various phases. We showed it was safe. We showed it induced a good response. And then SARS disappeared, and we didn't need to develop a vaccine for SARS. So I think it's, it's a little bit uh, misleading maybe right. to compare uh, what we're going through now with HIV or SARS. But Dr. Phil has an inference of his own. Look, the fact of the matter is we have people dying, 45,000 people a year die from automobile accidents, 480,000 from cigarettes, 360,000 a year from swimming pools, but we don't shut the country down for that. But yet we're doing it for this and the fallout is going to last for years because people's lives are being destroyed. Both Udyotakara and Charika seem impressed that the two doctors have made inferences. An expert is someone whose statements themselves make us know things, because they're made by someone who has knowledge. And that's called testimony. An inference isn't testimony, because in an inference, we come to have knowledge just from understanding the connection between its claims. An inference doesn't have to be spoken by an expert for it to give us knowledge. But here, both Dr. Fauci and Dr. Phil are giving inferences which, if they're good, would show us that they do have knowledge. That might support their claim to being an expert. So it looks like Udyotakara is talking with Vatsyayana. He, Udyotakara, is a great referee for inferences. As a Nyaya philosopher, he specializes in spotting bad reasoning. The model of good reasoning for him is the smoke-fire inference. So here's how it goes. HIV-AIDS is entirely different. We don't have a vaccine for HIV-AIDS, but we have spectacularly effective treatment. Udyotakara and Vatsyayana are talking. Both of them seem a little worried about the thesis in this inference. So in the smoke-fire inference, it's clear that the thesis is, there is fire on the hill. Here, what Dr. Fauci is arguing for has to be understood by context. It seems he's arguing that COVID-19 is different than other diseases that we keep the country open for. 
Now, Udyotakur and Vatsyayana seem happy that Dr. Fauci is given what's known as a counter locus or a negative example. That's the case of HIV AIDS, which is a disease that does have a treatment, unlike COVID. So it sounds like what they think he's arguing is that COVID-19 is different than other diseases that we keep the country open for because it doesn't have treatment, unlike HIV AIDS, which does have a treatment. And since COVID-19 doesn't have a treatment, it is different than other diseases we open the country for. But it looks like Udyotakara and Vatsyayan are having a little bit of a discussion as to whether Dr. Fauci should also have a positive example of a disease that does have a treatment and for which we don't keep the country open. But Churika is interjecting and he's saying Dr. Fauci is using reasoning well because reasoning is making connections. He's making a connection between diseases with treatment and diseases that we keep the country open for. Okay, the judges are nodding their heads. They seem pretty happy. Let's turn to Dr. Phil's inference. Here it is again in instant replay. Look, the fact of the matter is we have people dying. 45,000 people a year die from automobile accidents, 480,000 from cigarettes, 360,000 a year from swimming pools, but we don't shut the country down for that. Well, neither Udyotakara nor Vatsyayana seem impressed at the structure of the inference. What is the thesis? What's the thing he's arguing for? They're trying to give him some benefit of the doubt and suggesting he might have meant to argue that COVID-19 is not a situation that merits a government shutdown. So now they're looking for a reason. So remember, there should be some reason, like the presence of smoke, that lets us infer fire. But Dr. Phil hasn't given anything. He, he did give us some examples, though, and that's good. So these seem to be other examples of situations that don't merit a government shutdown. Idiotakara and Vatsyayana are arguing, though. Oh, Vatsyayana isn't happy. Oh, it looks like he's pulled up the CDC website on his phone, and he's saying that only 3,700 people die annually from accidental drowning, not 360,000. That's a big unforced error for Dr. Phil. An expert is supposed to communicate things faithfully, and he hasn't done that here. But Idiotakara is suggesting that the judges just look at the other two good examples. Okay. It looks like we have an initial reconstruction based on these examples. From this, it looks like they think Dr. Phil's argument, put in the best possible terms, would go this way. COVID-19 is not a situation that merits an economic shutdown because it is a situation that has many deaths, like deaths from auto accidents and cigarettes. And situations that have many deaths do not merit a government shutdown. And since this situation is like that, COVID-19 is not a situation that merits an economic shutdown. Yep, the judges are now shaking their heads. They don't think this is a good inference. First of all, they're saying it has a fallacy known as deviation, where the reason is found in both the case we're trying to argue for and in others which are different. So here the reason seems to be just that these are situations that have many deaths. But even if these examples are cases where many deaths do not merit an economic shutdown, there could be situations with many deaths that do merit a shutdown. And so just the fact of many deaths isn't enough to show that a situation doesn't merit a shutdown. And it looks like there's another problem the judges have found, and that's the examples. So it's important that the examples in an inference being used to convince someone are examples that both people agree are genuinely similar, because they're supposed to be support. But Dr. Fauci wouldn't consider auto accidents and cigarettes to be similar to COVID-19 in this context, because death by auto accidents and cigarettes it's not contagious in the same way as COVID-19, 
which is through personal close proximity. And we have existing treatments for these public health threats. Okay, it looks like yet again the round has gone to Dr. Fauci. He's shown a pretty decent ability to use inference, and this gives us another reason to think he's an expert, since he can reason well. Okay, it's the last round. Time for them to explain why they are experts in their current job and why that's expertise that we should consider here. Well, I got this job by um, being, I guess, um, pretty uh, involved in the litigation arena. I did not plan ever uh, to be involved in television. And uh, we represented a lot of media companies. And uh, among those was Oprah and Harpo Productions. And I worked with Oprah for a couple of years. Uh, this was totally her vision, her creation, her idea, and her launch. Batsyayana and Idiotakara are shaking their heads. Well, it sounds like they're saying that because everybody's ordinary practice is based on testimony, it's important that we're listening to genuine experts in the right context. And it sounds like Dr. Phil is an expert in, uh, in the television industry. Okay, and Churika is saying something about quacks. Let's see if I can hear. He says, Quacks make self-boasting claims about their medical skills and engage in some clinical practice. When they hear that someone is sick, they present themselves and make themselves heard, announcing their qualities as a physician in loud voices. Hmm, okay, this isn't looking good for Dr. Phil. Let's, let's turn to Dr. Fauci now. And the career change was I had always been a, a, a in-the-trenches physician and at-the-bench scientist. I, I, I looked down upon administration. Oh, my God, administration, what a bunch of stodgy people who don't know what they're doing. And then the directorship of the of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases opened up in 1984 because the... Batsyayana and Udyotakara are conversing. They sound impressed, but Dr. Fauci has famously been trained by Jesuit priests. Will this make a difference in their judgment? Okay, okay, it sounds like Udyotakara is saying, the criterion for authority is the same, whether with regard to sages, respected members of one's own community, or those outside the fold. No separate rules have been expressed. All right, it sounds like we have a winner. The judges have declared for Dr. Fauci, expert in medicine and public health. Okay, so our fictional boxing match was a bit of a time-traveling event. Charika lived earlier than uh, Vatsyayana, and Vatsyayana lived before Udiyotikara. And while Dr. Phil and Dr. Fauci did appear on the same day on a U.S. talk show, they didn't engage with each other. However, these three Indian thinkers did discuss testimony, inference, and expertise at length. I've talked about Churika's compendium before, and it came up in my interview with Patricia Southoff. Vatsyayana is an early commentator on the Nyaya Sutra, which I talked about in my very first episode. He's interested in testimony and inference as ways of coming to know. The word pramana in Sanskrit is the term for such a way of coming to know, and it means something like epistemic instrument, the word epistemic having to do with knowledge. So these are tools or instruments for knowing, and tools only function if they're used in the right way. So Vatsyayana and then later Udyotakara think a lot about how these epistemic instruments work. Their main concern was to argue against Buddhist philosophers. But the existence of texts like Charaka's Compendium, which also talks about these epistemic instruments, shows us that there was a lot of concern with distinguishing genuine experts from counterfeits in a lot of different Sanskrit texts. 
If you want to read more about what Nyaya philosophers say about inference and testimony, there's a lot of material online, and a recent translation of parts of the Nyaya Sutra with its early commentaries, which I'll put a link to in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.